Today on the Women Mind the Water Art of a Series, I'm speaking with Danielle Burnside. Danielle is a Hawaii-based artist who discovered her passion for the ocean while working on a manta ray boat. What's remarkable about this is that Danielle admits she had been scared of dark water and suffered with seasickness. Instead of deciding that the ocean was not her happy place, she felt inspired. As an artist, Danielle works in many mediums, including watercolor, gold, and copper. In all her art, she hopes to call attention to how precious our planet is. The Women Mind the Water podcast series engages artists in conversation about their work and explores her connection with the ocean. Through their stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. I am really happy to welcome Danielle Burnside to the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast. Danielle is my second guest in as many months to be based in Hawaii and have been inspired by manta rays. Danielle says that art is an extension of her soul, a way to express her passion, inspiration, and embodies her commitment to preserving our planet. Her hope is that her artwork conveys a sense of swimming in the sea and leads to a connection to the powerful forces within the sea and within each of us. Welcome, Danielle. I am always grateful to meet an artist who uses sustainable practices to create her art. I'm interested to hear more about your journey, one that has clearly brought you joy and fueled a passion for the ocean. Both are expressed in your art. You have made many beautiful pieces, but today I'd like to focus on your shell series. It is a series where images of marine animals inhabit real shells. The work is both unusual and engaging. Danielle, living in Hawaii, a person is surrounded by water. How is it that your passion for the ocean wasn't realized until you worked on a manta ray tour boat? Thank you so much for having me, Pam. I'm really grateful to be here. And thank you for your question. I, uh, it is miraculous. I, I grew up in Michigan, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, and I grew up on the lake. Amazing. I got to see the sunset over the lake almost every day. Um, but I was, I was even scared of seaweed in Lake Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I first moved here, I don't think I actually went underwater uh, with a snorkel for about two years when I lived here. Um, I just didn't, I'm like, that's a lot. I respect it. Don't need to engage. Uh, but after living here for about two years, uh, just by divine intervention, I'll call it, my friend was working on a manta ray tour boat. She was leaving the island and they needed to fill her position. She's like, I got you an interview at this time, Danielle, show up then. And I'm like, okay, like I'm going to go. And it's something I've always wanted to do, but I never did because I was, again, scared of dark water. I got seasick, but I took some Dramamine and I just had a beautiful evening. I met the manta rays for the first time on a tour. I wasn't working. They just kind of introduced me to it just for um, to see if I enjoyed it. And I fell in love. It's absolutely incredible. An experience that you, I just hope everyone gets to have themselves because 
the intimacy and how close they come and the magic and the peace that you have with them is um, beyond words. And as soon as I got off that boat, I was like, I want the job. I'll do anything. <laughs> and <laughs> so they, having, having yeah. been up uh, on Lake Michigan, what was the largest thing you encountered in the water? Maybe a fish. Well, isn't a, ma- a manta ray is a fish, but how big were the fish in the lake? Not, oh, a, a trout, like my uh, stepdad was a charter captain. So we would get Chinook and uh, rainbow trout and pretty big fish, like maybe three feet long. That's a huge fish. But manta rays are 10 feet long to 18 feet long in diameter, and they can weigh up to like a thousand pounds. So, well, um, clearly it was a transformational experience to go from I'm not getting in that water to going into the water at night and swimming with huge creatures. Yeah. So how did that inspire um, you to want to create ocean-themed art? Yeah, it did take getting used to, and a lot of you know, the guys on that boat taught me so much and they were so patient with me. Um, Bless their hearts because I know I got under their skin a lot because I just didn't have any idea like what even side port side was, you know, on the Mm -hmm. boat. They just, they really taught me everything I knew and meeting the ocean in that way. I'm an artist. My entire life is what I've been doing. So when my friend was leaving I painted her a card and I painted her a whale on her goodbye card. And I posted that on social media at the time. And another one of my friends was like, oh my gosh, I love that. Can you paint me a whale? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. So I just started painting more ocean creatures. And then a bride reached out to me and asked me to paint a different ocean creature for each one of her bridesmaids. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And looking at this body of work in front of me, she had like seven bridesmaids, you know, Um, I just kind of had the thought come in my mind. I'm like, I, this is a body of work, you know, it's a series of work of mine and I wonder what I could do with it. Well, they say sometimes the universe opens up in front of us. So clearly the uh, luck that somebody left and uh, you tried out the manta ray boat led yeah. to one enormous epiphany and then the uh, bridal shower led to another. That's just lovely. It's your, truly amazing. Yeah, people ask. Your, art, your yeah. art is very passionate and beautiful. So where did the inspiration for the shell series come from? Well, it was about three years after I had really laid down some roots in my watercolor series, and I hand embellish every single piece with copper as prints and originals, Um, and I've just been painting the ocean for years at this point, and it was in my head to paint an abalone seashell with an ocean creature inside of it. So I had this idea maybe like three years ago and it was just sitting in my head. I think it was probably beginning when I was starting to seashell on Big Island of Hawaii. 
and I'm obsessed with seashelling. I love seashelling. I, I comb the beaches. I go underwater. It's just like an Easter egg hunt, like every single day down there. And it's all sustainable. I never take a live shell or any, any inhabitants, but I think that just re re sparked my passion and beautiful, like inspiration and just awe from abalone seashells. My first job ever um, was at a cute little retail shop on the lake, but they had an abalone seashell in there that they would put their jewelry in. And I was just like amazed by it. It's just an epitome of what a mermaid decor is, you know? (laughs) And uh, two years after I had that idea in my head, I was like, I just didn't know how to do it. Like it was in my head and I just never knew how to work with it. And I'm like, why don't you just pour some resin? Resin was kind of starting to pick up like, uh, what's that, like popularity in a lot of people's work. And so I was like, I'm just going to pour some resin and just begin. Like, and that's all it really takes is just to start. And then you can figure what you're working through there. I just never started for two years. It was just an idea in my head. So um, just miracles inspired it, I suppose. (laughs) So do you find all your shells? No, I don't. I find a lot of seashells, but abalone do not live in Hawaii. That's what I thought, because I used to live in California, and so I know they like colder water. Yep. So I get a lot from California, actually, but I'm sure, as as you know, they're very endangered in California right now. You're not really allowed to dive for abalone seashells in California. So the ones that I've gotten from California are probably 10 years old from when people used to dive for them and just have them in plentiful, like, amounts at their home now because they eat them and they still do, I think. There are ways you can um, fish for them sustainably right now. I just, I'm not certain about that. So so I get some from the abalone farm here and some from an abalone farm in, I believe, Australia. Wow. So, yep. So farming, I get some of my shells, some of them years ago from California. Some I find in thrift stores and just like refurbish. Mm-hmm. Um and some people gift them to me too. So it's really special how I come up about the shells. Lovely. So does the shell inspire you to decide what animal to put in it? Or do you have an animal in your head and you go looking for the shell? Uh, a little bit of both, I would say, especially at the beginning of uh, just getting to know like my medium and what I was working with. Like, The abalones, I really loved doing whales in, you know, just the curvature of their body along with the curvature of the shell. It really is harmonious and synchronistic. Um, And then the blister pearl shells that I work with are a little bit more peachy and pearly and blush tones. So that I would do maybe a moon with, you know, just a different different way and a different subject matter inside the shells. I hand paint every single image on different layers of resin inside these seashells. So it's a really long process. These take me weeks to paint. Um, they're all hand done. 
I pour my first layer of resin. I have to completely prep the shell. I clean it. I tape the back of it, making sure that no leaks can um, happen because that would ruin the entire process. The first pour, you really have to make sure, like it's the deepest pour, uh, you really have to make sure your resin is mixed very well. I blow torch the bubbles out of it. Gee. I also go back every five minutes and blow torch the bubbles out of it because it just, that's the way it sets until it sets, some can come. Once it's set, that's when I paint my first layer. So like, say I have like three whales in a shell, I'll paint one. So I have to save those colors to make sure that they're exactly the same color as the first whale. I, I kind of sketch out with my paintbrush and then I paint directly onto that surface. It's a, it's a very waxy surface. So I must use acrylic paint for that. And then once that whale is completely finished, I'll either embellish it with a bit of copper or actual freshwater pearls. And then I start the process all over again. I pour another layer of resin on top. And then I get let, allow that to set overnight, potentially two days. And I will paint the next whale um, by hand. It takes me hours to paint each whale and weeks to uh, have a finished piece. Amazing. So first I want to say to those people who are not watching the podcast, I will have on my site uh, Danielle's website so you can see these amazing things. I want to say that there's an old saying that says you can hear the ocean when you put a shell to your ear. I can say that when you look at one of her shells, it puts you in the ocean. And she really does create a sense of being in the presence of the animal. I see on your website that all the pieces are spoken for, and I think you have a waiting list. Why do you think this series is so popular? I think it's because all of my seashells are one of a kind. There's never two seashells that are like ever. A lot of them have deep jewel tones. Some of them have swirls in them. Some of them are gifted to me by the individual who found the actual seashell, you know, who wants a painting inside that one. So first, I just want to like, yeah, honor that the seashells are really what helped me make these so special because they're all completely different, one of a kind, unique, and miraculous. And then I also think it's just, I don't think a lot of artists do this. It's one, it's something that I've really crafted myself. And uh, it's, uh, I also honor the experiences we all have in the ocean. I advocate for the health of our oceans. And I think that the relationship that everyone else has with the water also can be seen within these shells. So uh, I think it's just because they're one of a kind paintings. They're all hand done. I will never paint the same whale twice. I will never paint the same turtle twice. Um, and it's with my full devotion and attention and heart. All of my prints, I, I hand embellish as well. And I put a lot of love into each one. But these ones are truly a labor of love. For me, I could definitely see that. I feel the love. I see the passion. And they inspire me. So what do you plan to work on next? 
Um, I have a long list of seashells that I am excited to paint. I love new subject matter, um, but I do continue, like I plan to continue with my seashell work uh, wherever that takes me, maybe different seashells. And then I also want to continue painting some larger scale watercolor paintings uh, that contribute to the series and body of work that I've had within my business for the past four years. And I've also had a series of, I call them soul paintings or spirit paintings that I did probably 10 years ago in college. Um, these beautiful peachy circles, I guess, spheres of energy I painted that were large scale, six foot by six foot oil paintings that are hand embellished with copper on all four sides as well. I'd love to continue that work. It's more of a gallery uh, style setting and it's more of a conceptual body of work, but I'd love to add different hues and colors to that palette, like maybe an abalone, you know, um, inspired color palette, also just some angelic inspired color palettes or turquoises. I so before we conclude, I wonder if you think a listener who lives far from the ocean or maybe someone who is scared of the dark water or deep water or sharks, can they still care about the ocean? Absolutely. I'm really glad you asked this question. Our oceans are in turmoil right now. Um, I am a huge advocate for ocean conservation and protection, and I think when I grew up, you know, every breath we took, we have to thank the trees, you know, like, yes, every breath we take, thank you trees. And also every other breath you take is because of our oceans. There's a saying that no blue, no green. Without our oceans, human life cannot survive. And this notion came to me from living in Michigan my entire life, I just looked at the ocean. Like I knew it was available. I knew it existed. But for the longest time, I just looked at the surface. I never dove underneath the surface of the ocean. And once I did that, my life truly changed. It was another life, another planet, another world that I was introduced to that became so close to my heart and that way, I can now protect it. So without a relationship with our oceans, I think it's harder to want to save our oceans. I think that that's why I paint. Like, and that's why I paint beautiful things so that you can understand the breadth and like, uh, beauty of our, of our planet. And that helps you want to create a relationship with it and pr protect what's right in front of us. So absolutely. I think I used to watch ocean documentaries every chance I could get, even while I was painting and looking at the ocean at the same time. Um, there's so many ways in which you can have a relationship now, especially on social media, following people that really have great practices if, with our ocean um, going on tours with people that conserve our waters and advocate for ocean conservation um, and getting in the water, I think, is what will heal 
the planet, <laughs> truly. So, well, you certainly, uh, you know, I can feel your passion, and you are a beautiful person. And hopefully, people who have been um, anxious about the water will feel a little bit differently now. Oh, so yeah. thank, thank you, Danielle, for being on the Women Mind the Water podcast. Our talk, like your art, has been deeply personal and engaging. I'm so pleased that you agreed to be on the podcast. I'd like to remind listeners that I've been speaking with Danielle Burnside for the Women Mind the Water podcast series. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on the Women Mind the Water website, on iTunes, and other sites. Women Mind the Water is grateful to Jane Rice for the use of her song, Women of Water. All rights for the Women Mind the Water name and logo belong to Pam Ferris Olson. This is Pam Ferris Olson.